Cinema Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts, Justine Brubelard, Serena Dixon, and Allison Weaver. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. So welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. This is the end of season one's podcasting for this for this show. We're going to have season two coming up, which we'll give you more details about at the end of the show. But for now, we are going to finish our critique of Rings of Power series by Amazon. And what we hope to do is just kind of give you our final thoughts and also we will talk through some things that we might see in a future season or whatnot so hope you guys enjoy this podcast today and we'll get started with um, some people's opinions and thoughts overall and where they think it will go slash if they will continue viewing etc so let's begin today uh justine did you mind starting us for some thoughts I feel like to reiterate something I said last time, uh, yeah, the whole first season kind of felt like a pilot episode where it was kind of like, it, it felt not quite pulled together. And this, the storyline, it was, is disappointing. Cause like we had discussed, they had, they had a good cast, you know, I know, uh, their budget doesn't stretch as far as it seems it might because of COVID. But normally when you do a spinoff or whatnot, it either like adds something to the story or a new, a new spin that's surprising and engaging for your audience or stays really true to their original story. And I feel like it didn't, it didn't quite fall into either of those things didn't stay true to the story much at all other than keeping some of the same characters we know so in that it was really disappointing for me but you know since it is Tolkien we'll probably continue watching begrudgingly (laughs) um I think it had a lot of um it had some good moments but more things that I would just change overall um there's a lot of things I under like I assume they were trying to do. So at the end, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the whole thing, you should before continuing on in this podcast. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, at the end where Hellbrand is um revealed and he tries to like coax Galadriel to like weirdly be his queen mm-hmm. which is a little strange things but anyway, <laughs> anyway <laughs> like and he's like oh nobody respects you and blah 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 blah. i was like oh maybe that's why they made everybody disrespect her so much through the whole season because they were like trying to set this up or something and i don't know i just feel like they didn't with certain characters, they didn't sink into them quite enough. Specifically, Galadriel loved like firmer 
character development that I felt like I was growing with her. And Hellbrand, you know, reading reviews and listening to some of like the writers be like, oh, we dropped these hints here and there. It's like, yeah, it's not that like we didn't pick up on the hints. It's just that in the context of the whole show, the hints felt okay, the revealed hints I get and they were nice and good Easter eggs, but other hints felt more like mistakes mm. than actual like- Could you could you give an example for the people? Yeah, um, I feel like different moments and earlier this really bugged me, um, but now I'm like, okay, maybe they were like hinting more. It's like he- he would suddenly be giving Galadriel advice or like have moments of like intense wisdom on like historical things that he shouldn't really know about. Um, or that just like, why like you made a point of being like, Oh, I don't know about this. And suddenly, you know, all these things about this and you're sharing with the audience. Like, why are we listening to you? Who the hell are you? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the moments I'm specifically thinking about at the right now is when they enter Numenor. Um, and the first couple of episodes in Numenor, when he goes off on like talking about um, the culture and history and whatnot, and, you know, trying to direct Galadriel in different situations. Um, some of it is like, oh, yeah, like anyone with a brain can give you this kind of advice. You know what I mean? But some mm. of it was like more out of character. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like when in reviewing it throughout these podcasts, it's felt like and different character growths have felt out of character and we just assume we've been like oh maybe that's just the character growing <laughs> and I think good character development like you grow with like like you emotionally grow at with them as their character grows hmm. um so I would have loved to be like drawn in more like that um but as we've said there's other parts that we've loved like Duran and Disa and her character growth and reveals at the end, you're like, mm. oh, like here we go. <laughs> Shit's about to go down. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate a lot of the drops at the end to set up new plot lines, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, if anybody else wants to jump in on different thoughts they have. Yeah, um, so you can go first and I'll go sooner. Okay. I mean, we've talked a lot about the consistency of the show being an issue. Now, there was really strong episodes and there was, well, there was a few really strong episodes and there was mostly not very strong episodes. I will say the final episode was probably the most enjoyable for me 
getting to finally get that confirmation about the stranger was the highlight of the show mm-hmm. for me. Even though it was just one line, even if it was, even though it was just like a line of dialogue, it was still like, this is awesome. I'm so excited. Um, I have an intentions to watch future, you know, at least the next season, but I, I just kind of want to be an observer to it. Um, I definitely think that the show missed my expectations by a mile. Um, I had much higher expectations for the, the quality of the show as a whole, um, given the source <laughs> material uh, at their fingertips. Um, I know there's probably a lot of issues with, with rights and what they're allowed to use and how restricted they probably were with writing it in, in that regard. But um, I, I didn't like how Brand at all as a <laughs> um, <laughs> He felt very unnecessary, um, considering there's already how many characters in the Silmarillion. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, Arondir, I, I came to like him. I came to like the, the Harfoots. Uh, the Harfoots ended up being my favorite of the groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Elrond, you know, more by the end than I did when he yeah, started. I didn't hate Elrond at the end. I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, the more Good time we saw him, the that more I liked where him. I'm like, well done. Um, you know, it, it felt like it ended on a stronger note for me, and it kind of made me excited for what the future could hold with the show. But it needs to solidify its mm. identity, for sure. Because, you know, our biggest problem with the beginning was it was pulling from, you know, stuff that we've already seen and done. Like, you know, it, there was too many elements of other popular, you know, other pop culture entertainment and it was just like that's not you need to find your own way uh and not be a copycat so i'm hoping that season two is stronger in in all aspects in in terms of set quality costume quality the writing cohesion (laughs) i'm i don't have any issues with the actors themselves as far as like their delivery as the characters you know i had some some casting criticisms but i don't think they did a bad job with the roles that they were given so yeah overall it's it's not a show i'm like hyped about for the future but i would like to keep an eye on it and just see if it becomes what we wanted it to be in the first place I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. So I'll just give a few thoughts and then we can go to the, you know, what we would predict might happen or could happen with the show or what we might want to see happening in the next season. If we continue to watch it, whoever continues to watch it here. Anyway, so for me, 
I think the overall impression after having sit on it, sat on it <laughs> after the show and kind of thought about what my overall impression was is I think, as I said earlier at a different time, I feel like it is you now kind of a middle of the road show, like a middle of the road, not great, not horrible, just it's all right. As far as a piece of art by itself, I'd say it's in the middle. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, with that being said, though, the actors really had a a time of it to try to get the story out. Uh, they, I feel they did a great job with what they had. And mostly, like most of the actors really worked extremely hard to try to milk the script for what it's worth. And I think of people like the character of Adar, um, he really tried to use that character as much as possible, even though um, <laughs> there wasn't much there for him at the end of the day. And there's like a, there's a quote by, who is it? I can't remember who, who wrote this. Oh, I remember. So there's a quote by Ayelet Zur that says, if you don't have a brilliant screenplay, then you either have amazing actors who give you the chance to improve whatever is on the page or an interesting director who has enough faith in the project that they can carry it through and get it somewhere. One of these factors needs to happen. If not, it's sad. And I totally agree because I feel that this is this is exactly what I felt when I saw the script, like when I heard the script, because like, okay, the script is not very strong, so you have to support the script with some really nice stuff. So that's something that I was a bit disappointed about because I kind of figured it would be a fanfic style like adaptation, and I was fine with that. But I was hoping that we would see more stronger direction specifically because the acting, I don't have as much trouble with that. I just, I think the directing and the choice of using their limited resources, especially technically was really disappointing because I was under the impression that they would have used their budget a little bit differently. Now, again, there was a lot of supply chain issues in the time they were shooting uh, especially because a lot of ports were closed. So I think certain things may have been more limited as far as what they could get. But at the same time, even then with post-production, there's still a lot that you can do. Um, so I'm not sure where stuff went out. So at the end of the day, I'm probably going to watch maybe a few episodes of it to just see if they can um, improve now that we don't have COVID restrictions and whatever else going on and seeing who the directors are and people like that. But uh, again, just really didn't, didn't sit the way I wanted it to. And I guess I'm not really a TV audience generally. So, um, but as far as TV goes, it was just kind of like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, now I think what we can do is we can look at maybe what, what things we'd like to see happening in season two i do know that there are a few things that drop such as kirdan the shipwright will be there um and of course they dropped that Caliborn reference so he may or may not show up in this next one but i would assume so so what do you guys think where do you guys think this this show's maybe gonna go for example <laughs> 
Um, I would, as far as story, I would really like to see how we go from our current version of Sauron to, uh, to the version we know from yes. the prologue. That is the storyline I'm interested that, in. That's kind of, that's really <laughs> what I expected from, from the show in the first place was, I want to see how we get to the prologue of Fellowship. Mm. Because Sauron in the prologue is terrifying, and he's like a, a giant, and like this force to be reckoned with. And um, yeah, most all my criticism, like I don't want to say all, but a lot of my criticisms in general were were production based mm. um rather than you know the actors did a pretty good job mm. uh with the writing as much as i didn't like some of the writing and i i do want to commend the actors for for their you know performances but i want to see stronger editing mm. <laughs> i i don't want to see reused scenes and just more concise episodes as a whole. Mm -hmm. I don't like that they drag stuff out unnecessarily. Like, let me show you this one part three times, three different angles. I don't, I don't need that. It doesn't, the episodes don't need to be as long as they were. And so if they could, you know, trim those up and, and clean them up uh, and be more precise with each episode's individual story i'd I'd really like to see that and um just kind of a strong sense of direction with the show mm. and the story mm -hmm. as a whole uh, and the storyline as a whole but i'm kind of thinking with how season two ended we're going to end up catching up with sauron's um story and you know mm. see that transformation that at least that's what i'd really like to see is that transformation that the harfoots and strangers mm -hmm. relationship and how that continues to to grow because like i said with the we know that uh <laughs> we kind of know the end result of of some of these relationships i i would like to watch them blossom mm. And just you know, having a, a a fuller picture of of these separate storylines. I hope I really hope they continue this some of the storylines like the Harfoots, Sauron, Elrond, mm -hmm. and the and the dwarves. I, I'm not. I, I hate to say it, but I'm not real keen on Galadriel and Celeborn's relationship. I don't care. <laughs> Congrats. You like each other enough to spend eternity together. Um, been there, done that. <laughs> uh, uh, but they have to give a proper storyline to that. I don't want him to be like, a fail. I, I don't see that to be a very compelling story, but okay. <laughs> I think it can be a very compelling story. They just have to avoid some usual tropes. For real. I guess we'll see if, what they end up doing. I have low expectations 
I'm sure you do. I'm, I also have low expectations of whether they will or not. But I had, yeah, going into season two, I have the expectations. Like, it's you just have to step over the bar. <laughs> if you can't step over that bar, you get problems. But those particular three segments, I'd, I'd like to dive deeper into and spend more time with it. I think if they keep branching out, it's just going to be too much. You know, you can only branch out in, in side storylines um, so much until it, <laughs> it just unravels mm. um, because it's too much to juggle. I'm the most excited about the Sauron uh, development as well as the Stranger and Nori and seeing where, where that takes us. Um, and like you said, the development of the relationship between um, the hobbits. And I hope we stick with the Hobbit storyline as well, because I'm super bummed Poppy didn't come with because I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's she's my Samwise. And I'm like, no, Sam. <laughs> I also think it'll be interesting um, to see what happened to Isildur. I don't think he's dead because, you know, because of the force <laughs> and the history that we know however because my brain always likes to play the devil's advocate i'm like what if he is dead because they're playing no no no, no no hold 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 because <laughs> we are playing fast and loose with True. the whole Tolkien verse or universe. They better um, not rewrite anything. I mean. And like, what if like. Listen to her. He's like, what are, what are they called? He's an ancestor of like somebody as in like his sister has a kid and calls him Isildur. And that ends up being the one we know. Oh, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That would be oh, rewriting God. what's already written in stone. If this was like labeled from the start, this is a fan fiction version of Lord of the Rings, then I'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. But it's well, it like, is a fan fiction. No, it's Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Like But we've already like played with things that are written in stone, like the creation of the rings. Like the three were created last. All the other ones were created first. Mm-hmm. We only direct saw, influence for- We only saw the creation of the of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't do the other ones. I think I that's going to be future seasons. But in in the books, all the other ones were created first. Oh, interesting. And the mm-hmm. three were created mm-hmm. last. Okay, it's been a really long time since I've read the book. Don't worry, we'll cut that out. Um, wait, even in the prologue, it doesn't start off with nine for the, for the mm-hmm. and seven for the dwarf lords and three for the elves. Um, no, you're right. It does go backwards. Shame. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, anything's up for grabs here, you know? That's, That's true. a little on the minor side, but... Um, 
completely rewriting a character's history would be a big deal for me. Well, yes, yeah. no. <laughs> um, I mean, are on a side. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that 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 has wiggle room because we don't like. We only know that Sauron was a servant of, you know, Morgoth. We don't know who Sauron. Like, there's not a. Uh, I'm sure there's Tolkien experts that'd be like, me 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 me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but Just um. Like that's exactly right. Sauron feels more mysterious to, at least to me. So I feel like I can look past that a lot easier than write, rewriting Aragorn's family trait. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Something like that. Being that Isildur and Elendil were, were pivotal characters within the prologue of Fellowship. So that's kind of my line is mm-hmm. don't rewrite the history of, of pivotal moments. So just be like you you wanted to add anything onto that thought because like what are you hoping for this to, to go down? I really hope that they take more time to delve into characters and not just the storyline this next one, um, like I said before, today and before in other episodes, um, I felt like this season was a pilot episode because it felt like it, we were skimming over the top of storylines a lot mm-hmm. uh, to fit it all in. Um, and so we didn't really get to sink down into any characters or stories um, in a way that stuck with you and you really like felt on your insides which is you know my favorite part of film and television shows is in creation and watching films and shows is getting the audience to that point where they're connected um so i'm hopeful (laughs) and I would love to see more like deep character development. Um, I think we have some things set up for that. I think we're going to see a lot more of, Oh, I don't have his name written down or anywhere. Um, The kind of second in command politician um, with Muriel. Um, Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, political intrigue things woven into yeah huh farazan yes um i think farazan and muriel and arian arian is gonna that whole thing is gonna be interesting and they're gonna have a lot of more political intrigue in numenor um So I think that's like a lot of opportunity for deep character growth. Um, and I know you can't do that with all of your characters. So I hope they like pick the characters they really want to focus on and they do that. I think that may be where they slightly faltered with this one is they wanted 
to just fit in so many characters without actually like hooking any of them. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, uh, I recommend finding a film doctor to, to go through your script. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they had one, but the question is, was the film doctor actually allowed to do anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. That's my real question. Because, yeah, it's true. Because as a film doctor, you essentially write a prescription for, <laughs> for the um, show. And, you know, it's up to the writers and directors and whether they take. Yeah, they could have and what they given take. them great advice and then they just didn't bother with it or they whatever. Maybe they just decided to move that to another whatever. So. Or maybe they just got AI to analyze the script. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I hope not to. So I think uh, for me, I think the thing that I'd like to see, obviously, is an improvement technically uh, for um, all angles. I'd like to see some interesting directors, for example, be very nice. I think also from my view, I'd like to see what happens to the Kirdan plotline, because I really like him as far as second age characters. Um, Kirdan is my favorite second age character. Hador the Golden is my favorite first age character. Kirdan Shipwright is my second favorite out of all the Legendarium, not including Galadriel, who I hope continues to come into her own storyline and her own personality and have more character growth. I felt like uh, with her, it was a little bit too slow, the development of her character. Like, she started off as one-dimensional, and I wish mm-hmm. that we could have gotten into her head. She but she did end very strong. She did, definitely. And, I mean, I think that's coming down to direction more than anything, because Morphe can do anything. She's such a great actress. So, I swear, she's such a good actress, in my opinion. Um, so, the for me, it's like, I want to see that the character of Kirdan, I want to see his story arc be really strong. I want to see the stranger more and what's happening over there in Noriland. I'm really interested to see about the Sauron thing, even though I absolutely hated that thing. The whole reveal, the whole Halbrand absolutely disgusted me because I fish. Just wish that it would have come out a different way. But I'm not the writer. So uh, another thing I'm looking at is I want to see a good Caliborn story arc. I really want to see Caliborn be a real character. I want to see him not be a weak shrimp. Oh, I would like to see what he was doing while Gladriel was off gallivanting around the world. Uh, things like this would be, mm-hmm. would be interesting to me. Uh and also the Farazon, definitely. Farazon plot, definitely want to hear more about that, for sure, for sure. Because Farazon, obviously, as we know, is going to be really pivotal. So super interested in that. And for, oh yeah, the other thing is like the, the big one, for me is I think I want to know if they can 
pull off this whole preparation for the destruction of Numenor. And I mean, they're trying to make people mm. like Kemen and stuff. I bet you they're going to try to make Kemen and what Arian to be main characters, but I'm not interested in them. So they can do yeah. whatever they want with those people, but I'm not interested in them at all. Anywho, so that's kind of the, uh, the gist of where my brain would be at with the show. And I don't know, like, like I said, it could be different, different trajectory, you know, different everything. And then boom, boom, bada boom, you know, could be completely, completely amazing. So. So the one thing I, I do hope just in a general sense is that there's cohesion between these two seasons. Um, I never really like when shows do completely different styles between seasons. It's jarring. So mm-hmm. I know it's jarring, but if you have a bad first season, then you would expect them to do something. Yeah, I know. I just um, I just hope it's a smooth you know uh, transition from season one oh, to season two see, with improvements, yeah, yeah. and rather than being like oh, well, we're just completely changing the style entirely. Mm, um, right. You know, kind of like how they, you know, just as an example, how they did with the Harry Potter movies. Each Harry Potter movie is completely different because it's a completely different director. And yeah, I just, that is one exception where it actually works. But um, it it doesn't, you know, I just, I just hope it's a smooth, you know, uh, passing of the torch, so to speak. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So does anyone else have anything else they want to add about, uh, you know, your, but anything regarding this or whatever? No. Um, I mean, the only thing they can only go go up from here. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> I, you know, as long as it keeps improving and and becomes a stronger show. Um, the only other thought I had was it might be cool if they can get some like recognizable cameos or something. Um, you know, my my. <laughs> dream collab would have been you know getting Peter Jackson to pop in for, for an episode even if it's he just a cameo it, that would be cool but I know he's never going to do it he's pretty much sworn off Lord of the Rings at this point but uh, <laughs> I've had enough um, I did what I wanted and I'm done um, but you know it would be it would be interesting if the show got to a point where they they were confidently able to get sneaky little like cameos or collabs mm-hmm. um, with future future episodes or future seasons. Um, that that's the only other thing I would think would be cool, but I I don't expect that at all. That'd be a very that's a very high expectation, I think. Mm. Yeah, I I think my only other 
comment would be, oh, I was just going to say that I feel bad that we were so critiquey of this, but I felt like it, it was a, a good and bad that it was so off the wall <laughs> <laughs> because it gave us a lot of material to critique and re-envision. Um, but at the same time, it was, it was an interesting dynamic as well, watching it to in preparation for a podcast versus watching it with people, normal humans who are like fans. Mm. Um, I feel like I had completely different opinions of things at different times, um, which was interesting. And I just thank all of our fans for sticking with us and everybody mm -hmm. listening because this was a tricky show to stay in. Mm -hmm. Thanks for hanging out with us. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, I would definitely echo that because it was a really, it was a complex thing um, because we have so many so many different elements here where there's like a fine line between sticking to the original story and, you know, creating something that is, that is, that is art for art's sake, you know? And so I want to, I definitely want to say my due respect to the, to the creative team because it's very hard when you have a lot of competing interests and competing opinions to come up with mm -hmm. something that works, especially if you're just in technical. So like we saw with all the different changes happening in the technical elements from director to director and the lack of continuity there must have been pretty frustrating for some of the people. <laughs> and so I think, mm -hmm. I think I'm very, I'm grateful that we did it because I think it was useful for me to kind of see how people worked on this during the pandemic. I think that's something very interesting that I wanted to explore personally as a creative person was how did you do this when the rest of us were not able to do a lot. Um, and so that for me was very fascinating. And as a whole, I just want to thank the audience as well for, for showing up for the season one stuff because uh, I think it was good, good introduction to some people into this whole world of film crit and trying mm -hmm. to be balanced in spite of a script that didn't always deliver. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that, with this being said, we are coming to the end of our season one critique and show. And right now I just want to give you guys some exciting details about our upcoming season, which we will have. So we're very excited to be able to announce a very special new co-host. Uh, Justine and Serena will continue to support the show and they may be on from time to time. And what we're going to do with the pod is we are going to continue to uh, celebrate and critique performing arts and in various forms. So we will continue to critique performing arts in various forms that it takes, not just film, and we're going to also be giving a lot of opportunities for people to get into the world of performing arts from a different angle. It's kind of like we try to do in this podcast with giving a different perspective with the first season. We'll continue to give different perspective. And 
we will be sharing about things like future of the industry, some industry advice, and other kinds of tidbits, as well as going through the piece that we will be critiquing each time. So um, critiquing and enjoying, because we want to focus a little bit more on some of the pieces that have been influential. Stay tuned for our next few episodes where we're going to be rolling out season two. And thank you to our listeners from various countries who have been with us. So thank you again for to everyone who was with us for season one. And we're looking forward to our season two. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.